We're here again. Thank God we made it another week into holiday season. Thank you, everyone, for wishing us a happy Thanksgiving. We took off last week to really give some thanks to everyone in America and around the world, all our friends, of course. And thank you for wishing all of us here a wonderful Thanksgiving. Some interesting news. I worked with this wonderful cat named Lenny Walker. Lenny produced records in the 90s, and I just received not such great news that he passed. And we want to wish condolences to him and his family. It's this that time of year where things you start hearing more and more towards the end of the year. And, you know, with COVID and things, it's been a rough time. But that's not the reason why I'm doing this. It's just why I'm bringing it up is because check in on everyone. Pick the phone up. If you haven't heard from somebody in a while, call them and say, hey, are you all right? Because what we're finding is people being forgotten about. And then all of a sudden you find out <laughs> they're no longer with us. So use the damn phone. Check on your loved ones. Check on friends. You know, it's been a, it's been a rough couple of years. So that's why I say check in, check in, check in all the time. Because you never know who's with you and who's without. Christmas season's coming. I got some big names I'm going to be mentioning soon. We got a special Christmas show. I'm going to be advertising that soon. But, uh, you know, a lot of great things we have in store for you all, especially around Christmas. Can you believe last year around this time, almost a year now, we had Kathy Sledge from Sister Sledge on around Christmas time. So I'm bringing another big disco star who's done Disco, R&B, and house. Wait till I announce this artist. You're all going to be like, holy smoke. Wow, you got her? Yes, but I'm not going to say any more. Well, welcome to True House Stories. I'm Lenny Fontana coming out of New York City. And this week, I turned the telescope lens to the United Kingdom. I've been talking about this guy all last two weeks. His ears must be on fire from me talking about him so much. He is what I call one of the, you can't say old school, you're going to say in between of the new school. Because he's right, fits in between, and he's doing it right now. He's known in the tribal house arena. Comes from the Braga house, speed garage, and all that wonderful stuff that goes on in the UK. But his, his thing now is putting out some tough productions with his partner which we will talk about Mr. Taffer as well on the show. Um, he's been involved in the pirate scene in London. And those that know how important that pirate scene is, how many records broke out of that pirate scene? I mean, I'm going to put it like this. One of the biggest pirate records to come out of that pirate scene was my record called Spirit of the Sun. And it's because of these guys, like who I'm going to bring up, rotating the hell out of it, okay, Became a speed garage anthem. But enough about me. That's not about me, this show. This show is about this iconic figure who's in tribal house music. Okay. Started at the record shop, worked his way up to pirate shows, touring the world now, gone to Africa, done Miami. He's done it all. He said he didn't touch New York, but that may change soon. New York may need him as well. But with no further ado, 
I like to bring up to True House Stories in the house, DJ Super D. What's <laughs> yeah. up? What's happening? Thanks for having me, man. Yes. Glad to have you, brother man. Thank you for agreeing to do the show. And we just we at True House Stories, we've we've taken things to different roads. We're not just sticking with the Chicago, New York, and you know, underground London house. We're also looking to broaden our horizons and show the different flavors. And I felt you were the most appropriate to step to us to bring your story and share it with all the viewers because it's you. an important story, brother. So yeah. welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So before I start, how are you doing? Yeah, everything going well? Yeah, can't complain too much. Cold, but can't complain. You get me busy, busy as usual, and yeah, in good health. So can't complain too much. That's the most important part. Health yeah. is wealth, as they say. So without no more pausing, I like to get right into because I know you got a lot to tell us. And I ask it each and every time the same way, and I'm going to appropriately ask it to you as well. How does music find the young, young? Let me show everybody. <laughs> let me show. Let me show. How does the music find this boy? That man right there with the 45 RPM. Right there. With the Victrola. Well, born, born, born into it, man. Just born like obviously, like growing up in a um, um Jamaican household, and my dad like into the sound system thing he's got had a sound system and stuff like that so yeah i was born i was born into it when i was yeah probably probably in a, my head was in a speaker box at by the soon i was born so well, let's just, let's start yeah. with the boom boom because i hear the, the i hear a jamaican accent not accent i weren't born there i'm born in here but my my background is jamaican well i can hear that the english jamaican accent mm -hmm. like it's kind of, it's clear. I can hear it. So I was like, <laughs> so Jamaican. From what I know, because yeah. I've had other Jamaicans, Londoners on the yeah. show, yeah. Uh, is about the sound system culture. Yeah. So is your family a big part of that as well in the reggae sense or any of that? You know. No, this like no, there ain't no big names there like that. But that's. We will grow from that. It's like my dad had a sound system, and that's all I know. I've, I was born into it, and uh, it, this he's that's his like main love. And I don't know. I think I just, I just took his his trait on that passed right down to me. Nothing else except that. <laughs> that's why I'm asking because it's just it seems to be a very important thing in that culture. Um, yeah, the sound systems in the Jamaican culture, big yeah. sets, reggae music. Good, yeah. good feelings. All that goes yeah. with, with the whole of uh, the Caribbean vibe. Yeah, vibe. and it ain't stopped even today. You go in the living room. There's a big sound system in the living room. Uh, when they go to my parents' house, it's nothing. Nothing can't change. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, no, it's just yeah, it's just how we grow, man. So yeah. from the time when you were a young lad to grade school are you formally trained in any instruments or anything like that no funny enough no all like no instruments like obviously you do the odd in primary school you do the odd little violin and cello and things like that and but 
nothing that I took serious. Um, I was always into yeah this the sound system side of things. Ah. Um, yeah, I didn't really care about instruments and stuff like that. I wish I did learn now. Obviously, it's never too late, but I wish I did. I wish I'd learned how to play the piano. Well, in 2020 hindsight, did you ever think when you were a young kid you were going to be making records? No. No. So you're talking from an adult talking to that young child saying you better learn an instrument. You'd be telling your son that. You were like, you better yeah. learn something. You better learn how to play at least the keyboard, right? Yeah, the keys. Yeah, the keyboard. I would say more the keys. I wish I learned that. I wish I learned that. So your father being a sound system guy, it's it's gonna rub off on you. It's in your DNA, basically. Yeah, basically. It's just, yeah, it's in my DNA. So yeah. So who were the first DJs you saw playing out that inspired you to say, Oh, I wanna do this, I wanna try this? Where was it maybe? <clears throat> Ooh. A lot of the stuff, see, like when growing up the DJ, it was like more Obviously, the reg, all the reggae stuff, and obviously because my dad had sound system and decks and that, it was just probably through him really. And then, obviously, during school, obviously everyone got into the like the jungle, that period, jungle drum and bass sort of era, um, in the early early nineties, and that, and that's when I started DJing myself. Was from that, yeah. And that's basically because of your dad. So your dad's a really your muse in a way. He's the one that got you off the ground. Yeah. Like in a way, yeah. Cause yeah. He I don't know. It's just that's all I saw. So that's what I wanted to do. And um yeah, so back yeah, so I started um the jungle days like me and um um Jammer. Um we started yeah, we bought some turntables and things. Um, whereas from Hackney Wick, one of the little markets it was like a little five pound. No, it was like no, no pitch control in it and stuff like that. We, we made our own slip mats and everything, and and we were just practicing from then. And obviously, as you get older, you, you ask for one, I think it was like a sound. I remember I asked for some decks for one Christmas, um, like a sound lab deck, and wow. then. I got one. I got one deck, <laughs> which is it's like, and he's like, what, "What can you do with that?" You know, well, you, you too. <laughs> let me say this to you. I went to Carnival, and they had the system set up, and they had typical selectors there. One with a massive sound system, and he only had one turntable. And that's the that's the culture. Play yeah, the record. Selector gets on talking. Play the yeah. next record. Yeah. No mixing. Just the echo, echo chamber on will be on, and that, yeah, and then they change the next tune. So who got you the turntable? <clears throat> the one. And, um, my parents got me one turntable, and they knew you only needed one. No, they know I wanted two, but times are hard, isn't it? So, back then, so. No, they said you're gonna do it with a microphone. You're gonna do it. Like <laughs> you're gonna do it like the selectors that we go to see at Carnival. One turntable, microphone, echo box. Love it. <laughs> I know. That's how I know. That's how. It well, my dad, even my dad had decks at the time. I think, yeah, my dad had himself, but also I wasn't allowed to use his. <laughs> I allowed to use his. So, what was the actual uh, law in the house? Don't even go near them, right? Yeah, I had my own little setup. 
Yeah, my dad had his own setup, and I had my own little setup. Um, and yeah, and luckily, obviously, I had had friends around me. I think there was a stage as well. Um, my one of my mates, um, um, DT, he he had one as well for me to like just put them together, and then I'll take my deck to his house or vice versa, or so we can have two and so we can get our practice on. So um, who was the one that taught you guys or showed you? Somebody must you must have picked up the mix from somebody. Uh, I think I was self I self self taught. I think there ain't no one that could tell me that they taught me. I don't think. Well, let's be clear. But vinyl was the only way at that time, correct? Yeah, vinyl. Yeah, yeah, vinyl. So there was no sync button. There was no pioneer no, generation, right? No, none of that. The real way. The real way. The real old-fashioned way. So basically, you had to earn your stripes, right? Exactly that. How many hours a day were you practicing and stuff at that time? Um, I don't know. Every every given moment, it was like. Even like from school, like school days, come on from school. That's the first thing I want to do. There's even times when I got in trouble when I might have got sent home early. Mum and mum and dad ain't even at home yet. And that I would jump on the decks. Um, things like that. I just yeah, I was always on it. Weekends it was like record shopping and then back home to, to mix. Um, yeah, so I so always that's yeah. a passionate thing. You, that's yeah, passion. Exactly. You wanted to just be good at the job. You, that wasn't even a job. You just wanted to do this, right? Yeah, this yeah. What I've been thinking about making money or anything or a job like that. I just wanted to do the music DJ and yeah, just perfect what I'm doing. Was there a competitive thing between you and your friends? Like who could be better at it? Not really. Not really. We just I don't know. We just all. Everyone that was around me kind of at the time was was all kind of like on the same level anyway in terms of um mixing and stuff like that anyway so but we all we was all on the same page and understood that sort of and like what we wanted to do and like how to do it and yeah it was so so the super, right people around me at the same time basically so super listen yeah. what's the graduation to get that Techniques 1200 because everybody wants right. that badass bad boy, right? Yeah. Because you have a sound lab. That ain't no yeah, Techniques, bro. Yeah, that's a sound lab. lab. You know what I'm saying? I had to practice on that. And then even like, uh, I didn't get to. So even when I started playing on um, Techniques, it's a whole different vibe, <laughs> a whole different feeling. And it's like, you have to get used to that. But obviously I didn't have them until way down the line. Um, one of my, one of my mates had some um, from my area. A guy named um, who had some. My mate, one of my mates, Darren Dell. Name is DJ Bandit. DJ Bandit. I remember back in the days. He's a bit older than me, but he had some. I remember he had some early early days. Um, and Bandit tall. has some coins in his pocket to afford those things because that's not an easy. I don't know, I don't know how he got them, but I'm not them. <laughs> so yeah, I used to um, play on them a lot. Um, but it's just yeah, and then afterwards, obviously, certain little radio state you get little practice, certain little radio stations you end up going on, and like in the early days, and yeah, this from there, this I don't know, 
used to it. You get used to it in it after a while. Sure. Once you know the basics, then it's all about yeah. So basically, from that point now, you're starting to get the basics down. And what style of music are you playing at that time since you're starting out? Um, jungle. Yeah. Oh, was, oh jungle. Okay. Yeah, the jungle. Jungle. Um, I was playing. Um, yeah, me and Joe started collecting jungle tunes, and obviously while I was in school, I was, I was um collecting, and save up your money, you know, on the weekend. Even if I didn't, because I had a um good rapport of the um record shop. They used to um, if I didn't have no money at the time, they'll give it to me, let me pay on the weekends and stuff like that. And yeah, and that was my that was my weekend, man. Go record shopping and. Yeah, the good old days. What record shop did you frequent in that time? At the time, I was going um, um, wide for sound records, which is in my area in Hackney, in London, and and I ended up yeah they ended up giving me a job there afterwards when I finished school, like on the weekend, because I was going there so much before, and obviously, um, um. I was like um, going, I was going every after school, just even if I was picking up flyers and things like that, I was just collecting flyers, listening to tunes, jungle tunes, everything. I couldn't even go to the raves then at that time. I was just, you know, like you, you're playing the music, you're, you're um, enjoying the whole vibe, listening to the station. Like at that time, it was like Cool FM, um, like DJ, like Rocky, and uh, all that's what I want to ask you what this all that vibe, yeah. There's DJs that you're listening that are inspiring you guys. Yeah. At the time, um, at those days, like DJ Brocky was my my go-to. Yeah, um, at the, yeah, and um, every I think it was a Sunday night. I used to listen to them every Sunday night, and then obviously I had to travel, and then you know you want to try find the tunes, but like, you, you always used to have the exclusives. So I used to, I used to travel around to go to my my local shop then i used to go to like black market records and stuff like that and yeah just go all over the place man just go hunting um but yeah man i love i loved it whole the whole that whole feel you know like you know you're gonna get up and go you're definitely gonna find something new you know like that feeling when you go when you go and searching for new tunes and stuff so yeah were you actually recording the shows on cassette at that time yeah, and yeah. then taking it to the shop and say, "Yo, brother, can you listen to this and tell me what this is?" Because a lot yeah. of guys were doing that back then. Yeah, a lot of cassette, um, loads of cassettes, like recording, like every week, or sometimes I might tell you the name on air or something. But yeah, but all of that, yeah, man. So you were basically a proper train spotter. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're looking around for records. That's a train spotter <laughs> looking for that, you know, the hot tunes. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's what DJing was about back then. Yeah. It was hunting, right? Hunting out, hunting out the hottest records. Yeah, I'll spend my whole whole Saturday afternoon doing that. And yeah, it's, yeah that's all I cared about. I didn't really the, the, those times I didn't really care about being out with friends and stuff and doing all of that. I went to go record shop. Go on my own as well. Nobody, I ain't waiting on no one. I would go on my own a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. And going to hang out and, and learn what's going on and listen. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's like school. 
in a way. Yeah, basically. I try to explain that people, but they don't understand that now because everything is digital downloading and streaming. So that kind of mentality of that camaraderie. Someone couldn't send you, here's a true, let me email it you. Nah, none of that. (laughs) Email it? None of that. None of that. You have to search through. You have to dig through crates. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. So you okay? So you're doing. I would say your school days between going to school and record shop on the weekends. When do you actually get your first either party that happens for you, like a proper party where you actually DJ, or you begin to work in the scene? Um. No, I was one of my early days. On this early days. Um, you know what? To be honest, I'm, I remember DJing at the school disco. That's one great. Of my, yeah, um, got hired me and my um mate DT. We got um hired to play our, our school disco, and um got sound yeah, went got sound system from my dad and stuff. Mm-hmm. The sound, to all the equipment to the yeah, that was one of the that was I think I was how old was I then? I was fourteen or fifteen. So I'm gonna yeah. guess at that point when you did that, you became kind of like the super coolest hero in the school. I bet because they saw the sound system and yeah. everything come through, right? Yeah, yeah, I was the, I was the, I was the man. <laughs> That's usually what happens. All of a sudden, now you go from who is he to yo? I want to hang out with this fella. <clears throat> I was always cool anyway, but it just made it. No, it's like an extra boost in it. I was just that, you know, like. Even in the area, just that the DJ from the area, there's a few of us. Like, and then this, then I would just grew in it. Like, you start playing at little parties, people's birthdays, and things like that. And yeah, this kind of just grew and grew. Is this something that, and then you do little pirate radio stations, you start guiding into that and dabbling here and there. Um, I think, oh, I was about, how was I? Probably about. I can't remember how old I was. I went to I think it was one of the park called Pressure F, I think it was Pressure FM or something like that. Um one of my mates, Spidey G, he took me. He's um he took me there for the first time. And I was done a couple sets up there with him. So like in jungle days and then what else was there? Just there was this Yeah, it was this from there it was this on never stopped, basically. Never stopped. So and when did you get actually working in the record shop? When I left school. When I left school, um, when I left school, I started working in a record shop, and that was wide for wide for sound records. So that was like your official freshman job to the industry. Yeah. yeah. So from yeah from cause I always used to go there. They gave me a job on the weekend. Um, R.I.P. Tony. That gave me the job. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was every Saturday. Was it Friday? Yeah, every Friday and Saturday I was working in there. Every yeah, and then um, and then I was there for about I don't know, a good ten years. Oh, you there that long? Wow. Yeah, a good ten years. Then I went to another record shop. So the picture this show that was the other that was the second record shop. That's the only one I have. Yeah. <laughs> That was um that was Rhythm Division. I started there in two thousand and I don't know, I think it might have been six or something like that. 
yeah something like that i can't remember so when you got into the record shops was that your introduction to getting to the pirate stations um to know who the guys were when they were you were servicing everybody is that yeah and some some people yes there was because a lot of people used to come in there obviously a lot of people like all the older heads used to come in there that's been in the scene and get to know obviously i'm the the young one that's playing the tunes for them and things like that and but you get to know certain people like even up to this day like they're they're remembering me from the record shop right and 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 this yeah like people like um like um mikey sherpa that does um back to 95 and stuff like that mikey sherpa yeah people house, like FM. That. house fm guys yeah bobby and steve yep yeah so people like that you know from our even went on his early station london underground back in the day um because obviously from the jungle obviously i went on to playing garage so i went on to playing garage because like a little crossover at the time in london as well with the jungle in it then obviously the garage sort of came in and that was kind of like the hot thing in london and then um also i was doing i was i was in that in that world as well so i like i liked both there was a time where i liked both and um but then i started getting heavily into the garage so who was the guy that said to you yo dude i want you to come down and either guest dj at this pirate station or what was the what was the background story to you getting your door in there getting your foot in the door i should say it might i think it was when I first went, it was like um, the jungle thing. It was that was Spider G that brought me onto, I think, one of my first shows on Pressure FM. But then when it, the garage thing, then it would like um, Mikey. I think because he'd come to the record shop, then my um, where to work with Tony, he he knew a lot of people and always introduced me to people. And and, and I think it was through that where where I got to. Go on his station on the underground and stuff okay yeah so, tony rip r.i.p right tony yeah Ritt? no and yeah what station, and what station tony was involved in no he wasn't in what he, he was obviously who i worked with in the record shop but he's 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 like yeah he's just a man that knows everyone knows him he's the main guy at the record shop and that's yeah yeah, because I always say somebody godfathers somebody in sometimes. Yo, it's like, let me introduce you to such yeah. and such. And next thing you yeah. know, you want to do a show, kid? Yeah. It's one Did it happen like that? Yeah, basically. Yeah. So well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not one to put myself out there. But someone always think, nah, you, like, they always say you need it. So some people just do it for me. Yeah. So. Elaborate. What do you mean? Like, I wouldn't ask myself uh come please put me on oh i see what you're saying yeah. you you were waiting there quietly saying uh, yeah dude you want to do a show yeah mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't sell myself okay, so, basically so, I so, super so who was the guy that said to you or gave you that first break <clears throat> um terms of oh well I mean, the only it's like the pet yeah there's a quite a few 
it's different, you know, because there's different eras and different times of certain things. So okay, so let's rephrase it. Who mm. gave you the most important break? Hmm. The one you go, wow, this was, you know, in, in hindsight, you look back and you go, wow, this was really big. It opened so many other doors. Going over the same Tony again, because he he um one of his one of his mates that they used to do um events in Amsterdam and stuff. So I was like 18, I think I was 17, 18, about probably about 17 actually. And um, I used to go to Amsterdam, like they used to take me over to Amsterdam to play like UK Garage, um, club called Sinners and a promotion called Need Need for Speed. Like, and I was playing, and from then I was playing there every week, every week, every other week, like in Amsterdam. And then he, the people that you'd done that, they, they was doing Miami as well. So, okay. yeah, that big. I think that was my when I got asked to do Miami Winter Music Conference. I think that's that was like a a major thing for me. Um, I was in I was there for like six weeks. Um, oh, you stood in Miami for six weeks. Good for you. Yeah, and um, I played that. Um, who was I DJing for out there as well? Um, Num Nums, as well. I was DJing um, Num Nums at the time as well in my in Miami. Um. Yeah, it was good. That was 2001, 2001. Is that the same time when you... Because I got some notes. That's why I can look down. Yeah. Is that the same time when you were at Magic FM? Or is that yeah, before that, Magic? It was around that sort of time. Yeah, it was around so that Give me the timeline before Magic. Because yeah. I remember I before asked you that. that. Yeah, before... With the garage show, before that, in 1998, I started on Mission FM. And that's 1998. I think I was, yeah, I was and how big was Mission FM in in London? Ah, uh, was yeah, that was very big at the time. There was a big, it was a big station, big um pirate station at the time. It was like it was like me, I was in a crew called Bachelor Crew at the time. There we go. Yeah, I was in a crew, Bachelor Crew. Um, and how big was that crew? We was getting there. We was getting there at the time. The main crew on the station at the time was Heartless Crew. On, on Mission of Famous Heartless Crew. And then I think, yeah, we was like after them really. But yeah, Heartless Crew. So when you me. say crew, is it like three, four guys on a show? Yeah, so it was like me, it was like myself. So it was like, at the time it was like two DJs and two MCs. It was like myself, um, mate, um, GGB, Glenn Goodstuff, Butcher. Um, he was another DJ. And then you got, um, MC Frost and and Rodney B, uh, yeah, we was the Bachelor crew, and that was wow. yeah, yeah. We started, we started that in um yeah, we was on Mission FM. Yeah, that was nineteen ninety eight till like two thousand when they changed it to Y two K FM. Yeah, but for people who don't understand the pirate scene around the world and how important that was in London. How was that pirate scene ran? Was it ran like you go to a BBC studio or is you going to someone's house? You know what I'm saying? Because I know I was there. I seen it. I, yeah. I, but most people don't know. They don't yeah. understand what, what uh, it was like. Yeah, those times there was like, yeah, you're on a kitchen worktop and stuff like that. You're in someone's house and 
might hear babies screaming in, in the other room and then we're in the other room on the, in the kitchen like like yeah doing a show it was it's was, it was only later than when things evolved when everyone started to put proper money into things and but at the, yeah, the early days it was wherever however so it's basically it's at such as such as gaff you go there in their bedroom and yeah basically just go do a live show yeah ghetto style it was very ghetto but totally it worked it worked, <laughs> it worked. And it worked. And i'm like, assuming that from those pirate stations nights would pop up nightclub yeah. nights, right yeah so low, yeah so from your first station to to magic yeah how long were you at was it mystic mystic right yeah the mystic i was on mystic as well um i was like a local station in my area um where where exactly east west yeah, london? East, east london okay in hackney that was a in um there was mystic so i was like was all doing that and then from we were doing that for a period of time. Um, my people, Aggie B, he had that set up. And there's quite a few of us on there from the area. We were just doing our thing. And then I think from from then, went on to Magic for a little while. Mm -hmm. Same again. It was like that, the events, whatever not. Um, then from Magic, I think, I do believe, went on to Deja Vu FM. That's where, um, so it was like still garage times and everything. Um, and then it started to, it was on Deja and it was start, the crew thing started to get a bit more like the end of the speed garage and stuff and the two step and that. And it went into snort more grime, went into that sort of era. Uh -huh. Grimier, yeah. So we'll still, um, bachelor crew at the time and everything and was doing shows on there on Deja um and there was like a crew day like I think on a Monday just like all the all the crews all the different cruises on the Monday so you had like our crew we had um rough squad they had nasty crew um who else was there I don't know a lot of the main basically a lot of the main crews in the in that in that world was was all like an order famous like clashes on the rooftop and things like that and that whole grime scene a lot of it was based from from there and um so we're doing that for for a bit but all of all the remember all this time i'm still working in a record shop and listening to music and different music and things like that so i got into I say 2000 and Say around 2003 ish, I was collecting and more house stuff. So I'm hearing more of the like, I'm getting, I'm in the shop, so we're getting import stuff like and things like, and then I'm um, listening to stuff because obviously I have to listen to everything that comes in and things like that. And you start hearing things and thinking, okay, you just start liking. So I used to buy certain house tunes and just put them down. I weren't playing it out anywhere or anything. This this my personal collection, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> so I had a nice little selection, like building up this personal stuff that I feel. Oh, I like I like this. 
you can't help that, but it happens, especially when yeah. you work in a record shop. You're yeah. gonna be it's it, you're gonna be entangled with other things, new stuff yeah, that maybe you so. never would you wouldn't normally probably look for, but now yeah. it's in front of you, right? Yeah, basically exactly that. So um yeah, I got to the stage, I had a nice little selection. I remember on on Deja Vu, everything was getting a bit too ghetto in terms of the whole crew situations and it was going, going a bit left. So I know they stopped all the all the crews and things like that on the station and even the whole grime, sorry, even the whole grime thing altogether, I, did, I don't think, I think they kind of banned it off there. But obviously I am, um, I still stayed on there. And when you I say, Gary, when you say ghetto, what do more, you mean? What do you mean by that in the sense of the radio side? It was getting to, you know, when everyone's just taking it to the streets more. Oh. And it was too, like, like this one's warring with this one and all of that. and just, Yelling out on a microphone, right? Yeah, this is like, but it was getting, it was getting a bit, it was getting to that stage where it was getting all physical and stuff like that. So they kind of had to nip it in the bud before it got too... I got too much um but yeah stayed there so i remember one i think it was like one christmas day on there i decided to do a house show i had this i had enough tunes to do a house a whole house show um and then from then yeah i think i've done a show and it, and it went down well it's like i think i was the first one to do a show of that of that style of house anyway um, which was more soulful, soulful house and stuff like that, like funky, soulful house. And um, so, yeah, that Christmas day, I think it was, if I'm right, it might be 2004 Christmas day or something like that. Yeah. And then from then, I've always been doing like house shows on there. like, And um, yeah, just, and it was all right. And it was just, must, like the show was this blowing up and that and it was yeah on so deja like, vu yeah on deja vu so it was like the early days of like the early defected days and stuff like that like blaze and stuff like that and um copyright um early audio or um productions well there's yeah but um hard soul all that sort of vibe it was just all the nice soulful like space cat records and just like yeah all the all those sort of soulful nice vibes so um so yeah i was doing i was just on that and then from then yeah it's never looked back to be honest of course it's like you know when you start touching that music it's a whole different it's a different different sound different feel it's just happy just happy music and it just takes you to a different place yeah well so let me ask this question then because you talk about the ghetto and you talk about speed garage and 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 the and the other sounds of the london sound yeah is that what was the problem in the nightclubs with the with the with the shootings and stuff that was going on you see what where is it? with london it got to a thing where it's like every genre had its thing like whatever's popular in, in london at the time obviously gets the backlash of all the everything else so even like the jungle drum and bass, they had that, they had it, the garage and stuff, and and again like 
that had it as well. And then the grime and the grime and that had it is like the all all the all the genres had it had its time where because it was popular in London, so everything else just comes with it, the good and the bad. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. because you know those speed garage parties and and those grunge, you know, that scene you heard a, a lot of. Well, I'm not gonna say drugs because drugs was in all the dance music scene, mm-hmm. but there's a bit of women competition, yeah, you know, fabulousness, alcohol, yeah. all mixed together. Everything it brings out the wrong element sometimes. Yeah. The happiness that we go- went to these clubs no longer is not is not yeah. part of it. It's more like, yo, don't get me and my woman. What? Yeah, yeah. Or the competitiveness in the street that was going on. Yeah, or people that just bring in their street politics to the to the to the raves and things like that. So yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm like I'm like um I'm like always. Why does these good things have to get ruined? With yeah. some, one bad apple ruins. Exactly, exactly that. So it's like whatever. It's from the same thing from the jungle days. Same thing. It's like that was the popular thing in 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 London. So everyone wants to be there, in it. So, and then when anything that's on the roads, any dramas that are any politics on on the streets, obviously that that person's gonna end up guy to the like main rave and so is the other people and then people end up clashing in there and and this and it went through to the garage days to the grime it's like oh it went carried it all the way through and then yeah but does that make you say to yourself i don't want to be part of this yeah at point there's there's, to that point you know where you get older right you look around you yeah you get especially when when you see like they want to blame music for it and things like that and or the DJs even and and you get oh yeah it must be this person's fault like and that person and you think about well, you're just playing music. Yeah, I'm just playing music. Yeah. And then they they try to yeah so I've been I've been there. I've been down that I've been there when they, they try to blame you for things and oh yeah nice no, because he's playing that's why there's trouble. Like well, then, that was a thing in in New York, for example, in the nineties. Mm-hmm. A lot of club owners didn't want the hip hop crowd for that same reason. They knew that the element would spend money, but there would always yeah. be a possible gunshot and killing. Mm-hmm. And who wants to deal with that as a club owner? As great as it is to have yeah. a money crowd like that, that element brings that music brought hostility sometimes. Yeah. Where house music was more of a love dancing, yeah. and then the owner would say to you, "I really don't want that crowd because they don't spend enough money on the bar." But yeah. in England, that's not the case. In England, they drink more. Here, yeah. they drink water and they want to dance. That's the difference, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, for club yeah. owners, like exactly that. So basically, even like the uh, that crossover from the jungle to the garage, it was like that. So everyone's thinking, oh, "I don't want no more jungle in my clubs," and then start. Start, yeah, let's do this house and garage thing, and then obviously, until that got more like popular and everything else, then everyone started doing going there, and then it's just like an ongoing thing. But now it's all right, it's all good now, like it's all yeah. good. Now. 
It's want, changed. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It takes, like I said, it takes a lot of things to happen to bring change. Yeah. You know? And then when you said people were blaming the music, you're talking the authorities, the police? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah, the police. So we would say, yo, Super D's playing. We don't want this guy here because his music and him, he brings the wrong element in this club, right? Is and then you got other people that will jump on that bandwagon and they don't win. Yeah, I went That's through it. That's why I'm making you say it because people yeah. don't understand. They don't get it. They think it's all fun and love this thing. Yeah. It's not always. Yeah, if they try to, yeah, try blacklist me and all sorts, but fight through it. Like, I know it ain't, I ain't done nothing wrong in it. So you have to what get do you mean? What do you mean they tried to blacklist you? Who was who was part of that whole genre, you know machine that's trying to blacklist you? Um, the authorities, club owners, oh, even like whispered like they don't even know me. <laughs> they don't know me. They don't know nothing about me. But someone, there's a lot of haters out there. And once you're, you get yourself into a position where you are out every week, and right. doing all of it. so, you're popular in London. You're out every week. Oh yeah, it must be his fault. <laughs> but. <laughs> So you get me. So yeah, it's mad. It was mad like that. Like she used it as a scapegoat, basically. And um, but got through it. Um, a lot of the people they don't know. Like I had to go to certain club owners and like because certain promoters will still book me regardless. Just change my name on a flyer. Put super surprise DJ, but put the spell my name like S U P A and then put catch a super surprise DJ, which. And then obviously, oh, people, so we also oh, the little trickery, yeah, yeah, to do all of, all of that because some people think, nah, I'm still booking you, I don't care, like I'm booking you, like what we work, we word it, word it in a different way, just so they don't don't flag up or whatever not. And then, um, so I was doing a lot of that, and then there's a lot of times I went to the club owners afterward, and I was like, yeah, I'm, and I introduced myself, yeah, I'm, I'm super. Duh, 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 duh. It's like, oh, you know, I just played, you know, I just done a set. Is everything all right? Is your night all right? Oh, yeah, good. It's great. Now they're thinking, oh, so what is the what is the issue? What is the problem? Like, for one, you don't know me. They don't know me anyway. Don't know what I look like, nothing. They're just on a hair thing and jumping on the bandwagon. And then when I got in there, I played. No, there's no trouble or drama. Oh, yeah, he's all right. You can play next week then. And then it was just things like that. So... Yeah, it was alright. Got through it in the end. How long would you say? How long would you say that 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 trouble was around you? Um, I don't know a good year or two. It's a struggle, right? When you have to yeah. fight club owners to say, "Yo, it's I don't, I'm not trouble. I'm not a problem." Yeah, I'll go there on my own. Like I'm, I'll go to the club on my own and play and and leave on my own. Like it's yeah. But after a while, they knew them same club owners that used to think they give me my own nights. <laughs> yeah, you can have whatever night you want to do. Yeah. But at that time when you were doing that, what was you were playing soulful house music or you playing yeah. speed garage? Nah, it's just like soulful house. So like, you were still having that problem with soulful house music? I'm shocked. Yeah, soulful house, like funky house, soulful house, yeah. Because most of the time when you have soulful house, it's beautiful music. There's really never trouble yeah. with that music. I'm shocked. It was just what was popular at the time in London, basically. So it's just the same thing that it's saying it all carried on from whatever's popular at the time. 
so with that so in that era like it was like the it's like the funky ass the soulful ass that sort of vibe and then and then the uk funky thing that came into it and all that so is that that sort of era and um yeah obviously that's that was popular in london so that's what all the crowds um gravitated to now around 06 07 as sofa house started to be <laughs> underground because there was a time when sofa house and the american house music was really captivating the uk yeah another music came into play edm from europe did that make you change over to your what you're currently doing now as the music changed because there wasn't a lot of that coming out anymore <clears throat> it's like went through like yeah from the soul it's like up to even up to this day i still play a lot of, a lot of the old stuff from back then i still play today like in my sets so i'm obviously got got to like more uk producers because a lot of that even like then there's a lot of the us producers that we used to play like um back then and then obviously the u obviously the then the uk producers started like the underground uk producers like obviously took that style and made it made it their own right <clears throat> and that's when the the uk they called it uk because everyone used to call it funky house then and then obviously when the uk producers started getting involved and and they call it like uk funky and right and we're getting away from the american sound and we're making our own thing now thing yeah and but we still but my set still include like or mix will be a mixture of both it got to that stage will be a mixture of both <clears throat> but um it's like a yeah it was just the london sound basically and it was a it was yeah it was a good vibe it's still up to this day <coughs> sorry no it's up, okay <coughs> up to this day um yeah it's like still play the same way obviously <coughs> it got to that little period around like 10 11 12 where it got a bit more bit more techier right. <clears throat> um swedish house mafia axwell all that's changing the sound yeah it's all like and then, and then you get more than and then like like jamie's jamie jones sort of vibe yeah like the hungry for the power and them sort of that sort of vibe that was um beginning london and stuff like that and and <clears throat> a lot of people started gravitating to that sort of scene and get on that even i even dabbled in it a bit as well like just playing that sort of vibe and like it's good it's got a groove from from it's got a good groove and and nice vocals in some of them good nice groove i could work with it right yeah <clears throat> and um yeah so basically it's this that's sort of vibe and then it's only of recent it's like I always that's my sets always consist of that sort of vibe, soulful, funky. So when does the production side for you begin along with all this uh more like myself later than um I've done a couple odd little UK funky sort of tracks, but nothing major. That was like two thousand and nine or something, ten, nine, ten, and then um is only 
Obviously, I've got uh, me and Pioneer have had a studio. Let me show by Pioneer. Yeah. That's Pioneer yeah. and Super D together. Yeah. So we've had the studios from... When did we first have a studio? 2009-ish. And that around that time, we had a studio and boys, and um, <clears throat> yeah, we always had them started doing stuff in there with different producers and stuff like that. And whether or not, and then we then we ended up moving. We still had the next one like from like 2014 up until earlier this year in one in one studio. And then to this present day, we've got one now, we're still got our studio together now. In this where I'm sitting now. That's <laughs> so, where you and Pioneer work together? Yeah. We got this is our studio. And um and um but production like we're taking it more serious is like obviously twenty no obviously done little bits, but more so like when it came to lockdown, that was one more the big break and took it more serious wow. I had that. yeah <clears throat> so that's when um that's when um called on mr taffer he's like come this let's, let's so is that let's... is that pioneer's name mr taffer no 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 someone else this is someone else okay yeah yeah um it's someone else so called him in 2020 to come and work on some music and stuff because he, he's good good at what he does and that and on the same wavelength so, <clears throat> like, so yeah this, come so this consummation happened during more so during covid right yeah where that's when me and him linked up anyway that's when me and him linked up to do certain tracks and stuff but this at this time now as well so say like from 2018 sort of 2018 on more and early 2019 there's like that sound that i'm a piano sound i was um playing a lot of that which is like obviously it's like slow down i was like south, like from south africa and stuff like that yeah it's a south so, african thing it's a yeah. south african sound i'm a piano <clears throat> yeah so i was into that um obviously still playing the soulful playing the afro tech stuff and so a whole blend of stuff in it i'm i never i've never ever pigeonholed myself in to say i'm this is what i am i'm i'm a soulful house dj i'm a funky DJ, i'm a afro tech dj i'm a i'm a, i kind of my set's kind of it's like a mix and blend of all of them so basically you're a selector right basically you're just you're yeah. just someone puts that music together feels that what he thinks is good you're yeah. gonna dance to this yeah exactly that and um even though I can do if I need to if it, if I'm in somewhere if I'm somewhere where okay this is what it is obviously I can adapt to each of those genres that I just mentioned as well if I was in a predominantly Afro house event or I'm a piano event I can solely do that as well but um but yeah basically got into the love of that I'm a piano thing um and started um, just started creating, I don't know, this our style of it. Obviously, yeah. At, at, at the first start, at the first stage of it, you're learning still, like sound. So obviously, like the first, like production, 
to the sound that, that ain't the real sound to them. But it works for us in the UK. Wow. Yeah. But to them, they'll probably say, nah, that ain't um, Fianel, that ain't this. They'll probably Well, you gave it what you thought it should yeah. be. Yeah. Basically. Right? You, you take yeah. it and you turn it somewhat to make yeah. it and palatable to the English crowd, to the London yeah. crowd. Basically. And then we've got done a tune. One of my, my friend DT, he had a tune with um singer called Lush Kills called King and Queen. And he um he gave me the tune to remix ages ago. And I was kinda I was busy and stuff anyway, dilly dallying and just just busy up and down and in and out of the country and whatever not. And then obviously until then lock then lockdown hit. Obviously, I had more time on my hands then. So that's when I called um, um, Taffa and said, yeah, come, da, 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 let's do this. And on the back of that, tune blew up. Um, Who'd you sign that tune to? The, um, to Columbia. Um, Sony Record oh, Columbia. Sony Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. And this was during lockdown. That was during lockdown. It even it got signed before we got into the clubs, basically. <laughs> Yeah, it was no club scene. Yeah, there's no club scene at the time. There's no club scene. There was nothing. It was just yeah. you were all home streaming. Radio, yeah, radio and just and radio or you or you on Facebook Live or Twitch. Yeah, right? the live streams and stuff during a lockdown and that as well. I was doing a lot of that. Um, um but yeah, so from then you got a little taste. So from that this kept on it basically. Um and then start more productions, um, couple remixes and stuff like that. Done um, track with Deneo. Done, done. We done a Riz Kid remix, Essence remix. Me and Mr. Taffer um, didn't get released. And was on the verge too, but that was all that background stuff. Right. Politics. I don't know. Um, disheartening, but. It happens. It, it ha yeah, it happens. It's the one like, on Sony, the one that you had on Sony, how well did that stream for you guys? Um. Okay, it could have been better, but then I felt, I felt like they could have done more. Like going put on it major, they could have done more. I felt that way. Um. Well, what did you expect? Okay, let me ask that question better. When you were signing the deal, what were you expecting from them? <clears throat> expecting us, expecting, you know, like the mainstream push, the underground covered, right? Gotcha. So you're looking to you look in the overground, the pop side. Yeah, because the underground, I've got that covered. That's that's like the scene that I'm in in it, and the the front runners are like I'm part of the front in the front the front runners. So and. The rest of them are all around me. So that's all covered. It's just about the mainstream side of things where there's only so much you can do in terms. But that's where I thought they would take it to a much bigger level. Were you hoping for, like, for example, Radio 1, that? Or did you accomplish that part? Com yeah, accomplish that part. Well, I'm talking about A-list radio and yeah, all that. Yeah, Spotify, the big Spotify list. 
Yeah, nah, yeah, I think that's what I was hoping for. Obviously, got obviously it was on rotation, but it wasn't on the A list like rotation. So, um, that's a dream of everyone to have that A list. Spotify gets it in all the you know in the yeah. mid playlist. You know, yeah, one where where Beyonce and all them are, and you're doing millions and millions yeah. and millions of streams. That's the that's what you want, not. Yeah, yeah, we had a great record, but it's not locking in. What do you mean it's not locking in? Well, we can't get it on this playlist, and it's not yeah. on this. You know, people understand that. They see it. Oh, they think everything is fantastic. Yeah. Because, like you said, you had the underground covered. Yeah. But what you needed with the top side, the overground, you're you expecting sorry to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, don't know. I don't know what they could have done more or whatever, but I just felt like they could have. But again, is what it is. You move in it, so and then crack on. Um, but it did open the big door for you, I presume, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you, like you get noticed more, and people probably take you more seriously as well, and can have different conversations and whatever not. So. Yeah, so on on the back of that, got to do other remixes and stuff. Um, so it was all good. Um, done, yeah, done track with like the nail, um, done the remix for Georgia Smith and things like that. Like, and yeah, so at least at least 50% of it was maybe you didn't get exactly what you wanted, but mm-hmm. the other 50%, you did get other things. To kind of compensate somewhat. Yeah. 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 Not that you don't want a hit record. We all love a hit record. Yeah. But it's what it is sometimes. It's a tough game now. It's a tough, it's a different game. It's not <laughs> yeah. like it's it's based on algorithms, it's not based on quality. It's crazy. Yeah, I've yeah, I've yeah, I definitely noticed that one. You learned that one fast, I bet, right? Yeah, I noticed that one. I learned that one very quick. A lot yeah. of us did. Mm-hmm. A lot of us did because we started to realize it wasn't the quality of the music; it was the quality of the algorithm and how it's how it's locking. And and yeah. if you come from a record shop mentality, yeah, where you listen to a record, say that's a hit or that's not a hit, yeah, your whole your brain is going, I know this, I know is right, but yeah. what happened, right? You had to. Yeah. It's like retooling yourself. Yeah, you know? the same thing was like with the when we done the um, Wizkid remix that me and Taff have done. Um, it's like underground scene, everything, all the like one extra playing it, BBC one extra, all these stations are playing it, have the conversations and that. But obviously, to them, remember, it's, it's, a, it's a big superstar in it, so right. probably in their eyes, obviously, they ain't told me that, but I'm but thinking, wow, why are we making this person do a remix? Who is he, right? Yeah. Who the why, hell is we, this? why are we putting that his remix? Like, yeah, it sounds good, but is it going to bring in the numbers? In there, that's all they care about numbers, and it? it's a numbers game, in it. But obviously, they didn't even give it that chance. No, huh? And then, and then the, and then the Justin Bieber remix came out. <laughs> you get me? Which, which. <laughs> To them, that's it makes terrible. Me... That's that's it's just a, <laughs> let me just use this word that's so disheartening. <laughs> yeah. It makes you want to take everything you do and just 
sometimes you get so disgusted with shit like that when you yeah. hear that, like you no know, you know what it is it's you see you see you see like when it's when it's played everywhere you see the reactions everywhere the videos they see it like and like yeah and you're thinking yeah this one here this is one this is the one this is this is gonna do like the damage and then what well, okay. Super. Was there another Columbia? You say you signed it. Was there also another option that you were you were handed at the time when you had door number one and door number two that you maybe in hindsight would said I shouldn't went with them? Yeah, you know what the thing is as well. A couple of people did. There was a lot of interest in that track at the time as well. I think I think Defected was interested in it as well at the time. There is, but sometimes you know it's it's a learning thing, isn't it? Someone you run with, you run with what you think is right at the time, but then sometimes other people you get you never know. I don't know. There was a lot of interest. I was, I think it was about three labels that I was interested. Yeah. But and then and then if you could if you could do it over, what would you do differently? Who would you have went with? Um. Mm. It's a tricky one. I maybe would have went, maybe defected because they're more maybe under because that's they're more dedicated to the house scene more. Okay. In the house world and maybe more. And yeah, it's a tricky one. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. Oh, it happens. Yeah, you, you know, when you when you when you look at the the landscape, you have to ask yeah. yourself: Did we make a mistake? Mm. we've gone with such and such because sometimes you know it's not always the bigger company sometimes it's just the right people that know how yeah. to work the record exactly that. exactly that you learn that over that's something you pick up as you go yeah you know? yeah 100 you can't you can't know that until this happens yeah basically and it's like yeah you move and you just pick yourself up and you move and on to the next one so that's it. Are you still doing radio now? No, I just do guest shows. I ain't got a permanent show, but I just do guest shows like um like one extra and like and kiss FM and things like that. Yeah, I just do guest shows now and again. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I got a few coming up soon. So like over the Christmas period and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so yeah. But um yeah, I wouldn't mind getting back into it and doing it properly and have a like a proper show. Okay, so let me see my announcement. Yeah. <laughs> All three. Super D's looking for a new radio station. He needs a new station to mainstream. Practice. Mainstream now. Mainstream. He wants capital. He wants he wants radio one extra. He wants the big ones. He don't want no little small mom and pop shot. He wants the big boys. Um ready and ready for that now. So you know, the other thing I found out that you've gone to places like Ghana and stuff. Yeah. How did that happen? You know, because I don't hear anybody from the house world, anyone going out to those places. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a nice experience. Um, went there, was it? Second of January, beginning of this year, actually. You like the second of January. And, um, and um, we... The guys like me, myself, um, Pioneer, um, 
like Colseps and stuff. Whole I'm sorry, Gambia. I didn't mean Ghana. Gambia. Nah, Gambia ain't gone. I'm going next week. Oh yeah, I, I was right. Was I right, Ghana? Yeah, Ghana. I've been already earlier this See? year. I was right. Everyone, I have my yeah, intel yeah, yeah. right. People correcting me. Gambia, I'm going next week. Next week he's going to Gambia. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah. <laughs> Ghana. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so Ghana. Yeah, it was a nice experience. Um, um. A guy from my area he lives lives out there now, named French Kiss. He lives out there. He, he took us out there. He done an event called um, House Africa, and he flew us out there to do an event out there. It was not nice vibe. Um, but again, yeah, it could work because a lot of people as well from London and stuff fly out there as well. Anyway, as well. So, is it a big vacation spot for Londoners? Yeah, yeah, especially like this the December period and. Like the, like Christmas period and New Year's and stuff like that and early yeah it's a it's a big spot for them um yeah so yeah it's all good. Let's talk about this as well. Your label nights. Yeah. What's yeah. up with that? How? <laughs> yeah yeah so H O U S U P A. This is house. Yeah. House super. House super. Yeah. So. That's yeah, that's the, my label, uh, Super. Um, which I've got various producers um from uh, from the scene that's on there, that's got music on there. Um so started a night um where I get them to the producers that are on the label, make them come and showcase like new productions and stuff like that, and people can come, they're like every time they come there, they're gonna hear something new from one of the producers that they've made. And that's basically just to showcase their music, and, and it's always been a vibe. Like we've had um, one venue um, in Brixton called Pop, and that was like, we've done that for about a year in there. Um, and it was like, yeah, it was good, good numbers. It's like nice vibes, like like every last Thursday of the month, and then yeah, um, but we move, we have to move. With the new venue now, so I'm in the for the like for the new year, gonna be in a new venue and everything, can start it back up again. Oh, nice! Yeah, because it's been off for the last last few months. So, so yeah. So we have to look out for your new records. Yep. Your new label nights. Y yep. Your festival <laughs> dates around the around Africa in Europe. Yeah, festival. I'm got to do my own own festival, so I'm I'm um. There's a three. There's three of us involved. Like do a festival called Originals. So it's like, it's, yeah, the Originals Festival. Everybody, take a look. Yeah. So that's, that's where do like, you hold that one? Uh, super. Where do you do that? Um. Well, this year was in Crystal Palace Park. Oh wow! Look at that Crystal one, Palace Park. Nice. There, that one was in Chelmsford. When we that was in Chelmsford. But this year, the one was Crystal Palace Park in South London. Um. So that's my, myself, um, DJ Kismet and Fever, the three of us that do that. Um, we started, was it was from a rave, we started a rave called Originals back in 20, 2017. Basically, it was just from a little rooftop and stuff and it's kind of just built it up and built up momentum for it and everything and it's, each event got bigger and bigger. Um, we done like a during lockdown, we done a, like a social distance festival. Oh, 
Mm, that was the first, yeah, because we had we had a festival planned, and then obviously lockdown happened, but we 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 got um, to do a social distance one, and um, and that that went off, that went well, that went well, and then obviously as soon as we come out of lockdown, we had we ended up doing two festivals in within six weeks, so we done, yeah, we came out of lockdown. I think it was like um, July. When was it July twenty one or whatever it was? Twenty one. You know, here's something I want to ask because I'm thinking mm. about this festival. You're you're actually now coordinating as a festival organizer. Yeah. What's involved with putting a festival at that level together? Insurance and all. You know, trying yeah. to tell oh. people they don't have no no. I'm oh, just, let's put it that way. <laughs> we know that nobody has a clue what's involved with. You know, you think it's like just turn up, everybody does this. It ain't that. Look, How no, much planning yeah. goes into this? What uh, kind of work? Uh, everything. You have to. Luckily, we've got good people around us, and people obviously employ people to, okay, this is, you've got site management, this one, you can obviously, but at the same time, you still have to oversee everything and, and muck in and put in the groundwork and. You're still ending up carrying this and lifting this and putting this together, and but everything, every little thing, all the insurance you have to make sure there's medicals there, make sure everything, everything possible you can think of that you'd have to go through with a like fine comb, like it's yeah. Everything. And also, you have to make a major investment right before you even open, yeah. before you even sell a ticket. Yeah, exactly. All of that. So, yeah. So you have to you have to know what you're doing, and you have to make sure. Yeah, yeah. This this day and age, you have to know you, you have to know that you're gonna get the numbers in, or you can easily go bankrupt. <laughs> easily, right? One of those can bankrupt you. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, man. Even that world, yeah. But we just at the moment we're just planning. We've got our. Um, next one scheduled for next August, next year August in the same place in Crystal Palace. Um, so yeah, we're just planning planning towards that. Obviously, we have club club nights in between that, and then yeah. So it's all it's all good. It's all hands on deck at the moment. Awesome, mm -hmm. Super D man. Thank the you, man, bro. <laughs> But just one, one thing I want to make sure is it people know you for the tribal sound now. Is that like the monarchy for you? Is that the moniker? It's like, like, it's like my sets is consist of the it's like I'm a piano, Afro house, soulful house, the tribal, uh, all of that. That's I play a mixture of all of that, but at the same time. I play each thing individually as well, if need to be. So I don't pigeon. I ain't, I ain't pigeonholed in, in in one set genre. Every time anyone says my set, the majority of the time it's gonna be a mixture of all of those things. Oh yeah, somebody just asked me, what song says I'm Super D and I made it? What? Sorry. There's a song out there that says I'm Super D, and I made it. Is there a song out there like that? No, nah, no, nah. must be. Imposter. <laughs> I, I, I ain't made it yet. One day. 
He sure because they all right. But aside from that, mm. we wish you all the best of luck, my brother. Wow, thank you. Those festivals are no joke to take on, and the yeah. financial risks, no matter how successful you can be, could take one or two, could knock you right out of the park. Definitely. Both ways, knock you into stardom or knock you into yeah, a crazy house, a rubber room. That's <laughs> me. Yeah, nearly, nearly was that one time. <laughs> I bet, and that's yeah. why I tell people you, this is the yeah, real. Yeah. This is why it's yeah, called yeah. two house yeah, stories. Bounce back. We have your, We had our um, <clears throat> setbacks and stuff, and then you have to bounce back. But obviously, this year was like a bounce back year, and we had um, like our last festival, we had um, in July, we had Dennis Ferreira headlining, um. And um, DJ Mafarisa from South Africa, and and yeah, and and Shimza, so we had to we had to bounce back heavy this year, and then yeah, man, next year we'll go again. Mm -mm. Start all over again, right? A reset. Ah, next year's gonna be really good. I bet yeah. it's gonna be a lot better. Yeah, bigger and better. So. We're getting away from COVID. It's still around us, but it's not as aggressive and. Lockdown as it was when it yeah. happened. There's a little flu going along. There's a flu going around now. I know there is. I know people who are sick with it. It's crazy. Yeah. Another variant, but they haven't. They're not calling it anything. They don't even know what the hell they just say. Yeah, the yeah it feels. I feel a bit funny. Funny myself. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, a little uh, tough. Tough, nah, I'm all right. Look after yourself, my brother, and thank you again for um sharing your time with us on True House Stories. Yeah. And we wish you all the best. And to everyone around the world, let Super D know his how much you love his his music. All right. Yeah, and follow me, follow me on Instagram and all the socials at DJ Super D. Um, yeah, that's at DJ S U P A D. That's on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, or X, what they call it now. Um I think yeah, I've, I've even got a TikTok now. So yeah. oh yeah, that's right. You got TikTok. Me too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was against it for a long time, but now we're working on TikTok. Yeah. So yeah, man. And my obviously my SoundCloud, for my my mixes and stuff on SoundCloud. Um. Yeah. And that's it. All right. Good. You heard it from Super D. Super D, stay with us. Good night to everyone around the world. Next week, we got Robert Coleman coming on from Richard Long Associates, RLA, the sound system designer from the 70s who had Paradise Garage and all those great clubs. Robert Coleman's an OG. He's going to be right here to tell you all about Richard Long, who's no longer with us. So catch you all next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Good night. <laughs>